Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You are being watched. You're listening to the Television Archive. The show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Person of Interest. These people irrelevant. We don't. Hunted by the authorities. We work in secret. You'll never find us. But victim or perpetrator, if your number's up, we'll find you. We'll be discussing season one, episode one, creatively titled Pilot. All right, we've reset. We're starting a, a new series, one that I've been campaigning to talk about for pretty much the entire run of this podcast. Very happy we've finally gotten around to it because I'm a big fan of Person of Interest. I, I love this show. It's real good. Uh, When it was still airing, I referred to it very often as one of the most underrated shows on television. I maintain that analysis. I stand by that stance. Like, it's just such an awesome series. Like, it's part sci-fi, part superhero part spy thriller, part network procedural, all wrapped up into one beautiful, epic, smart, cerebral, fantastic package. Uh, It has this phenomenal cast that I absolutely adore. All of them are awesome. Jim Caviezel, Michael Emerson, holy crap, that dude's awesome. Uh... Kevin Chapman, Taraja P. Henson before she was famous. <laughs> Man. Birds cannot describe how angry I get any time anyone refers to Taraja P. Henson's quote-unquote breakout role on Empire. Like, mm, d- d- shut up. <laughs> Stop talking. Oh, her breakout role on Empire. She did nothing before Empire. Nothing of note at all. Like, gah! (laughs) So pissed. It always annoys me. Uh, Great direction, great visuals. Like, it's just, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal show that is so unique and incredible and awesome. But you don't really get any of that from the pilot. <laughs> because, let's be honest here, the pilot's not great. It's not bad, but it's not great. Like, it's it's fine. It's like a six. Like, it's, plot-wise, it is about as network TV pilot as network TV pilot gets. You can tell... That they wrote this and they filmed it. Like, every single part of this episode is crafted for the sole purpose of getting an okay from network executives. Like, this was made to please a bunch of guys in suits. And while a lot of that technical brilliance is very much present, like... 
like I said, this plot is just sort of like it's very network TV pilot. Uh, I particularly loathe the predictability of, oh, wow, they said immediately that we never know if the people involved are victims or perpetrators. And then we follow this ADA who they immediately assume is a victim for the entire episode. I wonder what the plot twist is going to (laughs) be. I wonder where this narrative will turn. I wonder what will happen. Gee, (laughs) what'll be the big reveal? And there's like a lot of moments of them basically just turning to the camera and saying, tune in uh, every single week, this time, this channel. Like you can tell there's definitely a lot of moments where they just turn to the camera and say, this is the show, guys. Please watch. Like, network TV pilots have a tendency to be an advertisement for the show rather than anything interesting on its own merits. And that's what this pilot is very much if you look at it standalone. However, it does do a very good job at pretty much establishing all the main beats of it. Uh, the tone of the sh- of the series is established very well. Uh, the concepts are established very well. The characters are established very well. And I want to talk mainly about the concepts because the idea behind this show is so cool and so awesome. Like it does a great like this show does a great job of going full sci-fi while also being plausible. Like, for all we know, we're living in the world of person of interest. For all we know, person of interest is based on a true story. Like, that's how eerily likely this is. Like, the fact that this machine is literally just intelligent surveillance put in place to prevent the next 9-11, like, that, that feels like it could be our world. Hell, some might argue it's already our world. Like, that feels real. And everything about it, uh, the idea that the government divided everyone into relevant and irrelevant, and the regular crimes were irrelevant, and then Finch, who made those lists, was like, I can't let these irrelevants go. So he just goes out on his own to take out, uh, to stop the crimes that the government won't, but the government deems, again, irrelevant. And the the fact that they don't know the victim or perpetrator, they only know a name, they don't even get a name, they get a social security number that they then use to get a name. The fact that they don't know if it's victim or perpetrator, it creates this really fantastic intrigue, it creates this amazing guessing game. Uh, It doesn't feel like the characters are overpowered. Like, there's enough restrictions placed on this all-knowing god machine that it never feels like everything could just be solved in two minutes. Like, there's actual conflict, even though this is all coming from a literal god machine. In fact, those limitations are explained away very well. Like, Well, I don't have the backing of the government, uh, and 
I have a back door to get the irrelevant numbers in order to save lives. But if someone recognizes that I have a back door, uh, they'll, they'll lock me out. So I need to disguise the fact that I am doing this. So, I only take little bits of information. Social security number. A single social security number. That's as much as I can do without risking exposing myself. Like, yes. Clever. Amazing. Awesome. And the characters, they're all established perfectly. Like, immediately within, like, two seconds of meeting them. You know everything you need to know. That opening scene uh, with John Reese. Uh, the flashback... Uh, to his time with Jessica, and then flash forward the narration of saying, like, what if you meet someone, like, so perfect or whatever, and then what happens when that person is gone, and then just smash cut to him being a bum on the subway. Immediately you know everything you need to know. Like, this is a guy who loves someone, that someone is now dead, they are super... (laughs) He is... Super out of sorts. Uh, Once those guys start intimidating him, you see that he knows his shit. He can fight. He can fight real goo. He punches good. He kicks good. He fight. He fight real well. Like, immediately in that opening sequence, you know everything you need to know about John Reese. Uh, As soon as you meet Carter, you know everything you need to know about her. She's like... Straight shooter cop. Cares about law and order. Like, in that interrogation with Reese. Like, you kind of get a sense of her perfectly. And the fact that she eventually starts going after the guy in the suit. At the end of this episode. Makes all the sense of the world. Uh, Fusco. Again, you meet him. And it's just like, he's a crooked cop. He colors outside the lines, but as Reese himself sort of says, like, I don't think you do it because you're a bad guy. I think you do it because you're loyal. So Reese kind of turns him to the side of the angels again, or rather the side of the middle of the road, and is like, you work for me now. You're going to be my guy on the inside, blah, blah, blah. So you know everything you need to know about him immediately. Even Finch, who's shrouded in about as much mystery as the frickin' Zodiac Killer. (laughs) Like, even he, you know everything you need to know about him by the end of this episode. Like, he is a rich dude, built this machine, big super mega genius man, who is concerned about... Uh, people getting killed and wants to stop it and rebelled against the government to do so. Like, everything about this show you understand by the end of this episode very, very well. It is brilliant at establishing what the show will be. I just really wish this episode had a better story <laughs> to back that up. Like I said, much like most network TV pilots, save for a few. This is much more of a advertisement for the show rather than a representation of how good the show can be. That we will get as it goes on. And yeah, like, let me be clear. 
first season, like, it has more network trappings than pretty much every season afterwards. Uh, season one is probably my least favorite season because it had to prove itself over the course of the year by being networky. But, like, once it goes over that hump, man, it's awesome. Once it goes over that hump, it is absolutely freaking fantastic. I cannot wait to dive into the good stories <laughs> that this show tells. Uh, anyway, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it at pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple. It's just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, uh, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark. Pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. Uh, if you become a patron, you can also uh, gain access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I put up there once a month. That's where we dive into the shows we've talked about in new and interesting ways we don't have time to on the main show. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, tomorrow we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 2. Talk to you then.